Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast today, Sunday, December 26, 2021. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this week. Thank you for your blessings, for your protective shield over your children, for the grace that continues to abound to the account, for your loving kindness, O oh Lord. We give you all the praise and all the thanks. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us. I help us to understand. I help us to appropriate. I help us to live out what you have asked us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. We pray that God continues to enlarge his coast and bless his family. Today's topic, the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The outline, the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Second, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that is who is Jesus Christ. Third, why did he have to die? Four, the wooden cross, what does it represent? Number one, the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The story of Jesus Christ is not the story of a tribe. It doesn't belong to one nation or one race or the world even. The story of Jesus Christ is the story of God. The story of Jesus Christ transcends time, the earth, heavens, angels. In fact, it transcends all of, of God's creation. The story of Jesus Christ is the story of God and of God's love for human beings. Only by understanding that the story of Jesus is the story of God and of his love for human beings can you and I embrace God's love and thereby reflect that love on our neighbors? Praise the Lord. Please know that our neighbors include those that don't look like us and don't act like us. The story of Jesus Christ is one that must be told not once in a year, not once a month, not once a week, not once a day. It is a story that must and should be told by his followers all the time. It is a story that believing parents must tell their children all the time. Nothing can and should compare with that story. Because the story of Jesus is one of life, that's eternal life, to all who believe and act on that belief. The Jewish religious leadership rejected the story. The Gentiles, that's non-Jews in the world, embraced the story of Jesus initially. But over time, Gentiles in different parts of what would become Europe took over the story. 
remade it in their image and their culture, and used it as a platform to oppress their citizens and to impose their cultures on the rest of the world. The story of Jesus Christ, one that should have been used to challenge those cultures, was absorbed and robbed of its truth. 21st century world has inherited various iterations of the story of Jesus. That means what you are hearing today and have been hearing is not the true story of Jesus. It's not a complete story. Sometimes, somehow, accurate, other times, you are hearing or seeing more of the cultures or the people that are telling the story. Most of those iterations are counterfeits. They are not the story of Jesus Christ, Son of God. The stories we have in the 21st century world that purport to be the story of Jesus Christ, Son of God, are mixtures of Jewish customs, Roman customs, Greek customs, and Caucasian customs. Some of the icons you see in some of your church buildings or buildings you call churches. I mean, some of the images you see there have their origins in the cultures of these nations and the extinct empires. They have no bearing with the story of Jesus Christ, Son of God. Emerging Europe, which became the home of the Caucasians, being the last group that inherited the stories, took them to the Americas, to Africa and Asia, as their own story. The Son of God became a Caucasian. His features became Caucasian. Everything had to do with their culture and their stories. Those invaders had no qualms raping, pillaging, murdering people in those continents that they came claiming to be Christians. Had they truly believed and embodied the story of Jesus, there wouldn't have been those crimes they committed in the name of our Lord and Savior. It is only in the context that these invaders didn't understand and or believe can we see why those Caucasians looted continents, imprisoned and enslaved those not looking like them. It is the same reason why racism still continues in our world. Because those who claim to be Christians, especially Caucasian Christians, don't understand and don't believe the story of Jesus. See, because they have a different Jesus, a Caucasian Jesus, not the Son of God. Now, let's see who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because the Bible tells us who Jesus Christ is. So if you and I are not reflecting that Jesus, if our cultures are not reflecting that Jesus, if our church organization is not reflecting that Jesus, then we are counterfeits. And we are apostates. Scripture, please. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. 
and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Verse 2b, God promised everything to his son. As an inheritance, you and I are his inheritance, the earth and the fullness thereof. And it's because it was through the Son that Father created the universe. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where he said, You know, let us make create people in our image and likeness. He was talking to his son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 here said, The Son radiates God's own glory. The Son radiates His own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He's the one that is sustaining everything. He's the one that is holding the whole universe. If He just drops it, now everything will just go kaput. That's who the Son of God is. Next scripture, please. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 16. For by him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Praise the Lord. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And verse 16 already we discussed. He through everything was made through him. Nothing was made that was made except through him. And verse 18 said, he is the head of the body, the church. So if Christ is not the head of your church, then you are apostate. And if Christ is the head of your church, then we are in obedience. We can be doing something that's contrary to what he taught us. Because in verse 19, it pleased God the Father that in his Son all the fullness of God should dwell. Meaning, Jesus Christ is God. So the question is then, why did he have to die? Pollution. In the world today, we talk about physical pollution, but no, spiritual pollution. The earth was reeking of sin. The, the smell was too much. The pristine earth that God created had become polluted with so much sin and evil. It was no longer the place that God created and when he looked, he said, oh, everything, it is good. It had become an abomination in the sight of God. Human beings he created as of God have become slaves of the devil. 
The one to whom Adam sold humanity's birthright. Can you believe that? Scripture, please. Revelations chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne that was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? Verse 3. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. Praise the Lord for his word. That's why Jesus Christ had to die. There was no one that could open the seal. The scroll that contained the seals. Only the son of God was worthy to atone for the sins of the world. Had there been any alternative, God would have used that. That's why he had to die. Had Jesus Christ not died, the whole humanity would have perished forever. Everything and everybody. That's why verse 9, he said, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered. And your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. He didn't say one particular race, one particular tribe. No, he ransomed those who we believe. The ransom is for all, but at the end of the day, those who will appropriate it are the ones who will inherit eternal life. Praise the Lord. He became seen for humanity. See, the Son of God had to become seen so that his righteousness can be imputed to you and I by faith in him. That's a great sacrifice. The Son of God, who had never committed any sin and can't commit sin, took on the sins of humanity and said, I become sin for now 
so that my righteousness can come be conferred on those who believe in me so that Father God can open the doors of eternal life to them and with that on the cross I will now destroy both sin, death and everything Fasten said and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they reign on the earth if you have believed you are a priest of God Forget those apostate denominations that talk about being priests and all that. What does that mean? There's no such thing in the New Testament church. You are priests if you really have believed. Because Christ has conferred his righteousness on you. And you are a saint of God. The saint is not when you are in heaven, no. The saint is here on earth. If you are not a saint, here on earth, you are done. If you do not believe you are a saint, then you got a problem. Unless you have not known. That's why I say, in understanding... The Son of God had to come from heaven to die, to take on the form of a human being as a slave, took on the sins, carried it on his body, so that you and I can become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that you and I can sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ, there with Father God, even now in the flesh, worshiping in the spirit. That's scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. This is to cement what I've just said. He became sin. The one that had no sin. So you and I are righteous. So if you do not think you are righteous before God, then you have no faith in Christ. You have no faith on the cross. You have no faith in his death that he died for you. The wooden cross. What does it really mean? The wooden cross was a place of torment. It was a place of suffering. What a price to pay. The Son of God, in whom the Godhead dwelt bodily, took the place of the unjust. That's you and I. That wooden cross, and much worse, eternal death, was our destiny. It was our fate. Before he came and died and took our place. And in taking our place, we became his servants. And therefore, he is our Lord to obey in all matters. We don't pick and choose. We must obey him fully or we are in disobedience. Scripture, please. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 2 to 12. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. Verse 3. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. 4. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Five, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him 
the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the sharers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died with our descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Praise the Lord for his word and for the sacrifice. He was despised and rejected. Verse 3. A man of sorrows. The professor ahead. The son of God hanging on the cross. And that no one, everyone turned their backs on him. I plead with you. In the quietness of your room alone. Go through the scriptures because we don't have that time to expose them today. But it's clear. Because verse 4 said, in our weaknesses he carried. It was our own weaknesses. Our sorrows weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God. No. It was a punishment for our own sins. For your sins are my sins. They whipped him. He was naked. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Verse 7. He was unjustly condemned in every respect. He had done no wrong. Verse 9. And he was buried like a criminal. Please imprint these scriptures when you read them in your heart. The wooden cross with the image of the hanging Savior should always be before you and I. When you have that, you will not dabble into sin. When you have that, you will not look at any human being as God. You will not bow to any human being. You will not prostrate any human being. You will only look unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you prostrate before a human being, then what happens to the Christ in you that has indwelt you? Is he also prostrating to a human being? Think about it. Those of you claim it's your culture to prostrate and kneel. Please give me a break. Every year during this period, Note my words. I expose this last December, 27 to be exact. I'm not going to go through too many of it, but just note. Every year, since a major rump of Christianity went apostate, and empires extinct and present, countries, races, tribes, and commercial interests Reimage the Savior and spawn stories around him. 
and about him to attract followership or draw, make money. The true story of Jesus Christ and of his mission are no longer told. There was no such celebration for the first 200 years. There was no such celebration. All of you have been, not, some, not all of you, some of you have been engaged in this last one or two days. And some will engage in January 6, 7, 8. Please. You cannot. You cannot say you are ignorant. And therefore ignorance, therefore God should understand. No. Not in this era where you can simply type the thing on the internet. How did this celebration start? And when you can read the Bible as of the apostles, which was the end. There was no such celebration, no such mention. Because the wooden cross was the most important thing. Because at the cross, he died for you and I. And because of that, he commanded us to preach his gospel and teach his doctrines. No other. So when you engage in this and say, well, we're doing it innocently. You are in error. You are sinning against God. That's why many of you can't hear from him. What we have today are false narratives about Christ. And that of his mission. Yes, because it's not the right thing to say. When you say it, you lose everybody, even your friends and family. Many of us, even listening here, promote this agenda of the world and the church of the world. And you want God to speak to you. Read your Bible. If you read your Bible, you find that these things are so. And I'm saying, Google whatever you put celebrated yesterday and find out the origins. You find the first 200 years. There was no such talk about it. In fact, people condemned those who tried. And in any case, he was never born on the date you people have been celebrating. The Church of Christ should and must not keep silent while these false narratives continue to dominate the discourse. You and I are guilty. We are cowards. And we are lazy. I'm including myself. Because I have spoken on this many years ago. I have in the past, but it's not as loud. This period exemplifies what syncretism has done to the gospel of Christ. In this period, the Son of God's name is used for commercial purposes. His name is used to promote consumerism. Why is it what people are buying? Everything buy, gift, this, that. Indulge in it, you are culpable. If I indulge in it, I am culpable. You know where the indoctrination starts? It starts in the womb. When the mother is carrying the baby in the womb and the songs are being sung, and the dancing is being done. And they just, the child in the womb hears. Baby starts seeing pictures and hearing songs when they come out, promoting desire for things. Movies have been made to express it from the children as they're growing up. By the time they're adults, they have become so immersed in the world's version of Jesus. A construct that has no biblical origin. The Christ of consumerism is not the Christ of God. The Christ you people worship yesterday is not the Christ of God. The Christ you people claim is in the manger, but you are is not the Christ of God. The Christ of God is in the manger, but he's not there again. He's on the cross, dying for you and I. And he has asked you and I to obey his commandments. And his commandments said we must what? Shun the world. We must call out all cultures with the word of God. Not to join them. When we join them in these celebrations, we are guilty. 
What do you think is this when you carry your children? To go into some of these malls and supermarkets where you have a bearded gentleman wearing a red robe and white, you know, white, Caucasian deceit, white. And your children go there to be carried by them. Sometimes, I don't want to go into that, but I have a feeling sometimes demonization takes place. And when these young people grow up, they also indoctrinate their children. They carry their children through at the same way. And the cycle of deceit continues. And the so-called festival mood, consumerism continues. And for adults, this is a time of disorderliness. The time where adulteries and fornications take place. Debauchery, pomp, and profit. That's all. It's only time for merrymaking. But yet Christ died and is on the cross. He died. Because so long as you have not repented, you are still keeping him on the cross. But when I repent, or when you repent, he is not on the cross for me and I. We have become sons and daughters. But it's not on the cross beckoning on others to come there so that he can do what? Embrace them and save them from sins and from the world. The Messiah became sin. So that you and I can do what? Have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But no, we want to jump with the world and we think we inherit eternal life. It is not possible to dance with the world and inherit the kingdom of God. It is impossible. The world is in opposition to God. Every of these festivals are in opposition to God because it is distracting from the story of Jesus Christ, Son of God, which you can only find in the Bible. There is no other place for it. No church doctrine, no tradition of church. All the churches must be under apostate. A word is enough for those who are wise. We're going to sing a song, Jesus Messiah. Because that's all that matters. He became sin. Who, who knew no sin? He knew no sin. He became sin that we might become God's righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross for you and I. What love. So amazing. Love so amazing that my Savior died for me. Love that is so amazing that's incomprehensible. Jesus Messiah. Name above all names. Blessed Redeemer. Emmanuel. The rescue for sinners. The ransom from heaven. Meditate on this. And as you go in your closest prayer, for the indwelling Spirit of God to reveal these things to you. His Lord of all. Everything belongs to Him. Creation, redemption, and the final into glory is all His. His body is the bread of life. His blood is the wine that gives you strength. Broken and poured out. The whole earth trembled on that day. And the veil of the temple was torn in two. 
not so amazing so that you and I can have access to Father God without going through an intermediary. Love that is so amazing. Jesus Messiah. Name above all names. Blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, God with us. The rescue for sinners. The ransom from heaven God sent to redeem you and I. Jesus Messiah. Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for everything. Thank you for enabling us to speak truth to power. To speak truth to the world. To speak truth to your children. To speak truth to apostates. To speak truth to the devil and his demons. There has to be those who will stand for the truth no matter the consequences. And I pray, Father God, Jehovah, first forgive us. Forgive all of us who have sinned and come short of your glory. We have kept quiet for too long and allowed wicked men and women to define the story of Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, that wherever this gospel of the kingdom is preached, wherever the truth is preached that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, and that everything belongs to him, and that the world is in opposition to that story. And that the story that people are hearing and carrying out it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ, Son of God. Father, I'm praying that you open the eyes of your children. And those who will believe, when they go to that quietness of their rooms, Lord, may they have that personal encounter. And when they do, Father, I'm praying you lead them into the path you've ordained for them. And guide them and lead them. And that nothing shall by any means hurt or touch them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many who will repent at the hearing of this message, Father. They will not be lost. They will celebrate that day on the last day, Father. I give you all the praise and honor for everything. Thank you, dear God. Bless all in this ministry. Empower them even the more. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank you all for who have tuned in and those who will tune in. Please share these messages. You can watch this message again on our website, on wordevangel.com, on YouTube, slash wordevangel, or facebook.com, wordevangel. Encourage your friends and family to tune in. <laughs> we are not asking for anything else. I said, preach the gospel with these messages to encourage them to go and study the scriptures. That's all we ask you. We're not asking you for anything else. Of course, to so pray for us. We, we plead you pray for us as we pray for you. See you next Sunday by God's grace.